welcome to the James River College Podcast. We hope that this episode encourages you in whatever walk of life that you are in. So grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, and welcome home to James River College. Come on. Okay, every time that someone talks about being hyped up when they come here, I understand why. Like literally, this worship team, you guys did an incredible job. Can we give it up for them? Man, that was awesome. You guys can have a seat. Man, I am so excited to be here today. Uh, Worship team, great job. Gibson, great job. Hey, that was awesome. Hey, I want to give honor where honor is due. Can we give it up for Pastor Josh and Lori, our amazing college directors? Yeah, you can give it up. Stand up for them. Man. You guys are the best. Thank you for pouring into every single one of these students. And for me and for Bailey, you guys have poured into us so much. I lived with them for a whole summer, and trust me, who they are at home is the same person that they are here. They love every single one of you. And like, this has nothing to do with my message, but I want to share a little story about Lori specifically. So at Christmas a couple of years ago, we were packing cookies. And like very similar to how you guys, like we packed popcorn this last year, like we're preparing for an event. And so we were preparing cookies uh, for Christmas. And Lori was doing raffles throughout the time to make it fun. And so one of the last prizes uh, was a double date with Josh and Lori. And they said that whoever gets picked, they're going to select someone of the opposite gender to go with them on a double date. And I yelled out, I'm like, I don't want that. And like I yelled it super loud. Lori literally stopped on the mic and she's like, Carson, that broke my heart. Like in the mid, like everyone in the school's there. And literally she stops and like, Carson, that broke my heart. And I'm like, I didn't even know who, like I didn't even know they knew who I was like at all. Like, cause I don't remember much of an interaction with them prior. Uh, but so after that, I immediately ran to her office. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I wasn't trying to, wasn't trying to, uh, break your heart in any way, but it just shows that they know who you are, even though you don't know who they are, even though you don't think they know who you are. Um, So Josh and Lori, like you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to preach today. Um, And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Carson. I'm the men's resident director here. And I am so excited for today because I'm passionate about every single one of you. I'm passionate about leaders and growing leaders. Um, and so it breaks my heart when I see people that like aren't walking in that passion. And so I have the amazing opportunity to be able to pour into the guys, especially because Bailey gets to pour into the girls. And, and it has been an honor in every way, shape and form to be in this position. And I believe the Holy Spirit's given me a word to share with every single one of you. Like I had a whole nother message like prepared, like I was preparing for. And literally the night of Bill Johnson, I was in bed and the Lord spoke something specific. So I rolled over, like wrote it on my whiteboard. I'm like, this is what I need to speak about. And uh, so I'm excited for today. But before we get to the message, I think it's important that we pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing time to be here in your presence. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, that it be your Holy Spirit speaking. It would not be my words, but it'd be yours. And God, I preach that every one of these students in this place would leave different than the way that they came. God, I praise you for it. And just now I pray, amen. amen. So how many of you guys have ever had an experience, like you've wanted to go someplace, you wanted to go to a restaurant, but it was closed? Like you get there. Oh, Chick-fil-A literally was what I was going to talk about. I was like, every single time, like, I don't even think about, like, oh, it's Sunday. Like, Chick-fil-A is closed because you think every restaurant should be open every day of the week. And then you get to Chick-fil-A, and you're like, oh, 
they're a Christian organization. They're closed today. And so, um, like, there's, that was one example. Like, I wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. I get there. It's closed. I'm very disappointed. Um, like, in a few weeks ago, I was taking Christian to breakfast. We were going to go to Market House Cafe down here in Ozark. And we get there, and they're closed on Mondays. And so I was like, oh, we're going to go to Village Inn instead. Like, something that's not even close to as good. Um, and so all, both of those places, like, I had an expectation that there was going to be something great waiting for me uh, when I get there, like some sustenance I needed. And ultimately, get there and... I'm very disappointed because, I mean, it was closed. And so that leads me to the title for today's message. If you guys are taking notes, you should. Um, but it's called Leaning Into Your Expectations. And so leaning into your expectations, and we're going to look at Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. So I'm going to get into my Bible. It's also going to be on the Sky Bible behind me. But Matthew 5, 25 to 34, and it says this. His disciples, wait, that's not it. Here we go. A woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before, had heard about Jesus. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment that she did it, the flow of blood dried up and she could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. And at the same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said, what are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking who touched me. Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him uh, the whole story. Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. And so the background of this woman is so she's been bleeding, has this bleeding condition for 12 years. And like, I don't know about you, but 12 years ago, life was completely different. Like, I was 10 years old 12 years ago. Like, I don't even remember what I was like when I was 10. And so, like, it was a long time ago. Like, so I'm curious if she even remembers prior to the bleeding, because that's 12 years. That's a long time. And she's gone doctor after doctor after doctor, and all of them, like, she feels that the world's against her, because ultimately she's gone to these places, and it says that she's left worse off than before, and she's losing all of her money because she's paying these doctors. And so I would say, that, what does this woman say, though? She says, if I can just put a finger on his robe, I will be healed. And so she had an expectation. And so how do we live like the woman in this passage? And so number one today is have a faith-filled expectation. And so have a faith-filled expectation uh, because expectation, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it is a strong belief that something will happen or uh, be the case in the future. And if you didn't know, expectation and faith go pretty hand in hand because faith is a spirit-filled expectation. The difference between faith and expectation is that there's a spirit-filled expectation when there's faith. Because Mark chapter 5, 25, 29, we just read it, but I'm going to re-read it real quick. It says, a woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly. Taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before, had heard about Jesus. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. 
And she was thinking to herself, if I can just put a finger on his robe, I can get well. And the moment she did, the flow of blood dried up and she could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. And so this woman, I guarantee, had expectations from every doctor that she went to before. Because you don't go to a doctor expecting not to be healed. Like, that's just... That's just the fact of the matter. Like, so she would have had expectation after expectation after expectation, and everyone would have been let down. So she's like, well, I don't know what to do. But she heard about Jesus, and she's like, well, I'm going to break all the rules that there are. Because she wasn't allowed to go to the temple. She wasn't allowed to go to the synagogue. She wasn't allowed to go to her, see her family or be around anyone uh, because she was considered unclean. And so her even being out in this crowd was breaking every rule and every barrier that there was before her. And so when she's there, she's like, hey, this is my last hope. And she had an expectation, but the cool thing about her expectation was she paired it with the spirit that was within God. And so when you pair faith and you pair expectations, miracles are going to happen. And that is what happened with her because she had an expectation and the Lord had the spirit on him. And when you paired them together, the miracle happened. She was healed as soon as she touched his cloak. And so Jesus' robe, I believe it healed more than just her body, but it healed her faith. Because she walked into that place, and she's like, well, I don't have any faith in anything. Like, I just have an expectation maybe this will happen. And so as soon as that miracle happened, she's going back to the priest, and she's like, hey, I'm healed. And she's sharing it because testimony is like, her testimony is raising up the faith inside of her. And so I think this important, or this story is so important for all of us. Because I think it's no coincidence that we've heard bits of this story this past two months. Because we've had a few speakers, like I think Noah Heron mentioned it. I know Pastor Debbie mentioned it, uh, speaking as parts of this story. And I think that's because the Lord has a message for each of us in this college. And a message for each of the people that are going to be listening to this message later on. Because God has, a, or God has a plan for each of us. And I think we have to have an expectation going into that plan. And so the reason I named this message Leaning Into Your Expectation is because leaning in in general is super important. So everyone lean forward just for a second. Give this example. So everyone leaning forward in their seats. So when you're leaning in, it means that you're paying attention. You're locking into what's in front of you. You're listening to what's happening in the moment. Like picture a teacher when they're in a kindergarten class or first grade class. If the kids are being super loud at their seat, the teachers will literally get down at their level and they'll whisper like, hey, I have a secret for you. And the kid is like immediately mesmerized and they're like leaning forward in their seat. They're like, what do you, like, what is it? What is it? Like, well, sit up in your seat and like, well, like we'll have this conversation. And because in that moment, they realize that this is the most important thing in this moment. And in the same way, we need to lean into our expectations because our expectations are the most important thing that we can focus on in the moment. Because if we're expecting God to do amazing things, he's going to do amazing things. But if we're expecting him not to do amazing things, then what's going to happen? Exactly. Nothing's going to happen. And so an issue that has bothered me my entire life is why at camps, conventions, and services like Bill Johnson do we see these miracles happening? But like, we see them happening in regular services, but like Bill Johnson, there was hundreds of people getting healed. Like, why are we not seeing that every other week? And the same thing with camps. Why do we always have these amazing experiences at camps where people are called into ministry and people are getting healed and people are all of a sudden, there's just amazing things. So many people getting saved at these camps. And I believe it's because there's a spirit-filled expectation that came along with it. And like, so how many of you guys in this room were affected by a camp in your life? 
See, almost every hand in this place is raised right now. And like how many people were healed at Bill Johnson's service a few weeks ago? Hey, we got a few. Let's go. Hey, that's awesome. Because like I know in my life that when I went to camp, every time I went there, I was like, I'm expecting to be different than the way I came. And with Bill Johnson, I was like, honestly, tonight's going to be incredible. Like God's going to do something insane in my life. He's going to do insane things through me. Like we saw person after person after person healed. And it's because people came into it with a spirit-filled expectation. And I, w- I firmly believe that God has p- supernatural plans for each of us, but it all happens when we focus on the expectations that we have. Because if you're walking into a chapel or a t- class or a practicum, in the same way that you walked into those services, how would life be different? So why well, don't you think about that for a second? Let that soak in. Are you having the same expectations for where you're at right now that you did when you went to the Bill Johnson service or that you had when you went to summer camp? And so Mark 5, 30 to 34, it says this, that at the same moment Jesus felt energy discharging from him, he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said, what are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking who touched you? Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. Woman, or The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing that she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him the whole story. And Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. And what I find so interesting in this part of the passage is that Jesus didn't, he didn't notice, well, he probably noticed him, but not to the degree that he noticed this woman as he's walking through, because like they're bumping into him, and all of a sudden he stops in the crowd when this woman touched him, and I think it's so funny, because the disciples, they ask him, they're like, like, what do you mean who touched you? Like, all these people are bumping into you, like, obviously all these people are touching you, and he's like, he stops, he's like, no, like, someone touched me, and so uh, we, our faith should make Jesus take notice. I just want you to think about that. Because our faith is a call to action from God. So like as she was walking, her faith literally touched his robe and he stopped. He took notice of this woman's faith in that moment. And like what we learned about Bill Johnson a couple weeks ago was the fact that it's like he felt a power release from him, but it wasn't so much like losing the Holy Spirit, but it was a flow through him, like the Holy Spirit flowed through him like a river and it went into this woman and she was healed. And one thing I think is so interesting is that the people around you might not notice your faith, but Jesus will. And so the disciples are like, why'd you stop? Like, why are you stopping right now? Obviously, all these people are touching you. And so, like, they didn't notice the faith that this woman had. But Jesus stopped, and he took notice and said, who touched me? And so immediately, she was, she was healed. He talked to her about it, and um, she was healed in that moment. Which leads me to number two. You need to have an expectancy perspective. A perspective that everything you do is going to happen, like everything you pray about, everything you're walking into is going to happen, which leads me into Mark chapter 5, 21 to 24, and then Mark 5, 40 to 43. So this is the before and after of this story. And 21 to 24 says, after Jesus crossed over by boat, a large crowd met him at the seaside. One of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees beside himself as he begged, My dear daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so she will get well and live. And then Jesus went with him, the whole crowd, tagging along, pushing and jostling him. 
And then skipping ahead to verse 40, it says this, but when he had sent them all out, he took the child's father and mother along with his companions and entered the child's room. And he clasped the girl's hand and said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And at that, she was up and walking around. This girl was 12 years of age, and they, of course, were all beside themselves with joy. He gave them strict orders that no one was to know what had taken place in that room. And then he said, give her something to eat. So as I was going through this message, I was talking to Bailey about it, just trying to figure out all the details. And a cool observation that she had about this story was that Jairus, so this is the before the woman was healed. Like the first verses were from before. And so he's like, Jesus, my daughter is dying. And so Jesus is like, okay, let's go. Like, let's go heal her. And as he's walking, this woman touched him and got her miracle. So Jairus had to watch someone else get a miracle before him. And so, like, so you have to have an expectancy perspective because when you, like, how many of you guys have ever wanted a miracle, have ever wanted an opportunity, but you saw someone else get it instead of you? Lots of people in this room have seen that. And so when, you're, when you go through that, when you see someone else get a miracle, you've been praying for healing for so many years, and you see someone get healed the first time they pray for it. Like, is that a perspective in your mind that you're excited, or is that an expectancy in your life that you're sad because you didn't get it? And so I actually want to illustrate this point. So, uh, Lander, can you bring this, this box up? And uh, Ben Saban, can you come up here real quick? Yeah, let's give it up for Ben. Come on, Ben. So, Ben, I actually, like, I know this is my favorite cereal, and so I wanted to give it to you. And so do you like shredded wheat? It's 100% whole grain big biscuit, uh, shredded wheat. It's an excellent source of fiber. It's an excellent source. But, like, do you like this? It's all right. Hey, it's all right. Hey, why don't you actually, like, why don't you open it up and see, like, what's inside for you? So there's some chocolate chip cookies right here on the inside. Hey, those are really good. And so I, yeah, I want you to be blessed. And you can go ahead and share that with the other people around you, you know, because you should share the blessing. You should share the blessing with them. So let's give it up for Ben. I just want to give him that this morning. But what I want to share with you guys about that story is so Jairus had three potential responses in that moment. He had the response that said, oh, this sucks. You know, like she's getting the miracle. I'm not. My daughter's literally sick and she's dying and she's getting healed. Like why? He could have looked at it that way. He could have looked at, well, God's doing a miracle in her. He's going to do a miracle in my life. You know, faith could rise up in his heart that this is about to happen to my daughter. Or he could have had the perspective and said, hey, no matter what happens, I'm good. You know, because God's in control. Am I okay with the result either way? You know, those are the three things. And so when I gave Ben that box of shredded wheat, he could have looked at it just from the outside of the perspective or from the outside of the box, and he could have been extremely disappointed. He's like, oh, well, shredded wheat, you know, excellent source of fiber. Like, this is awful. Um, or he could have had the perspective that said, well, you know, something great is probably on the inside of this box. And so, like, Jairus could have looked at it from a perspective that said, oh, this is just a box of shredded wheat. This is terrible. Or he could have had an expectancy perspective that said, beyond the outlook of the box, there's something great waiting on the inside. And so, Ben didn't know what was on the inside. But he had an expectation, because of time that he's had with me, that there's something great waiting for him on the inside. Because quality time with the Father will always raise your expectations. Quality time 
that you're spending in God's presence will always give you a greater expectation and a greater expectancy for what God's going to do in your life. And so how can a faith-filled perspective affect the people that are around you? Because just like there were multiple cookies in there, he could share that blessing with the people that's around him. And so, like, in that moment, he's like, hey, she's going to be healed. I believe it because of the miracle that happened in her life. And so he can share that with the people around him because it literally talks about how his friends, Jairus' friends ran up to him and said, don't worry about it. You can leave him because, you know, she's dead now. And he's like, oh, like, he's, he could have walked away and totally disregarded what could have happened. But instead, he had a faith-filled perspective that God was going to change his life forever. And so, like, let's think about this for a second in our context. So in your classes, what if you thought about it in a way that said, hey, well, this class I'm in right now is going to forever change my future. As I'm using this education, it's going to further my calling. It's going to further uh, the way that God has moved in my life. And that ultimately what I'm learning right now is going to forever change the people around me. What if we came into every chapel the same way that we came into a camp or convention? that the services that we're having here are going to forever impact your life. They're going to forever impact your family. They're going to forever impact your ministry. You know, because I love that we do pre-service prayer now. Like we started last week. It is awesome. Because what, what's happening is you're raising up an expectancy in your heart that God's going to do something incredible through this service. And so what if we came to every single part of our, our experience here? What if you looked at an opportunity to serve? What if you're hosting at a door and you're like, this is my door. I have an expectation that every person that walks past me is going to be changed. That the walls that they're coming into this place with are going to be broken down and that they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to accept it for the first time. You have to have an expectation that what's going to happen is going to be incredible. You have to have an expectation that every person you hand them a mask, every person that you take their temperature, like as you're putting the little thing on their head and taking their temperature, that that is going to be a mark for them to be changed in the service. And what if we looked at our practicums that way? You know, youth practicum, kids practicum, all the other practicums. What if you looked at this as an opportunity that you're going to change that student's life forever? Or you're going to change that person's life forever? So many opportunities you have, but you have to come into it with an expectancy perspective that says, if I walk into this situation, my life is going to be changed, and God's going to use me to change someone else's life. Because if you do not walk into it with an expectation, then what's going to happen? You have to come into it with an expectation that God's going to do something in you and through you. If people wouldn't have come into the Bill Johnson service expecting something great, then how many people would have been healed? Think about that. If we came into our classes that way and we're like, hey, this message, or this message from this professor, it's going to change my life. If we come into it that way, how is it going to change your life? You know, it's going to raise your perspective. It's going to raise your expectations and everything that's going to happen. Or like men's conference. Men's conference is next week. What if we came into every opportunity of men's conference in a perspective that said, I'm going to impact this man's life, and then when he leaves this place, his family's going to be different. When he leaves this place, his marriage is going to be different. You have the opportunity to raise other people's expectations with your expectation. It's the same thing as faith. It's a spirit-filled expectation. And so having this perspective of expectation 
It's an act of worship. Think about this. Worship glorifies God, and your expectations is a part of a process that glorifies God. So if you're coming into it with an expectation that's not good, then you're going against worship. And so have this perspective because ultimately worship is not just being here on a stage. Every one of these people worshiping on the stage, that's not just the worship. But when they're in the booth by themselves practicing the craft that God's given them, that's an act of worship. The act of worship isn't just me being up here on a stage, but it's the process of even like thinking and writing it down on the whiteboard and saying, God, use this as a message. It's the whole process we're learning up to it. So your classes, hey, I keep speaking to it because I know that it's an issue. Because you need to look at your classes the same way that you're looking at your opportunities in worship. You need to look at it the same way as your opportunities in your practicum because your classes are just as important as your practicum. The opportunities that you're getting are important, but if you're not doing well in your classes, hey, it's important because it's an act of worship. And so I want you to look at your expectations as this because if you look at your expectations like worship, everything in your life will change because we worship to glorify God and our expectations are just another part of that. And so I want to encourage you guys with that. And so I want everybody to stand right now in this room. Everybody stand. Because I want you to think about this. Your future, you are, I bet some of you in this room have an expectation that your future is going to be incredible. Some of you are walking into this college with the expectations like, hey, I'm going to be a lead pastor. Hey, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Hey, I'm going to be a worship leader. Hey, I'm going to be a business leader. Like you're coming into this place with an expectation that God's going to forever alter and change your life to affect the people around you. And so when you're looking towards your future, what expectations do you have? Are you expecting God to do great things? Or are you expecting him to not do great things? I want to encourage you guys today that God has incredible expectations for your life. In the same way that you have an expectation moving forward, God's going to do amazing things in and through you. And so as you stand right now, just think about that. Because God has a plan for your life. God has amazing things for your future ministry. But it starts right now. View your practicums. View your serving opportunities. View your classes in a way that's going to forever alter and change not just your life but the people around you. Don't view your, don't view your situation as a shredded wheat's box. But view your expectations as chocolate chip cookies that are inside the box. So, God, we thank you for this amazing time in this place, God. We pray that you would touch every single student here in this room, God. Raise their expectations. Raise their faith, God, just to see what you have in store for them. Because, God, you've given them something special, God, in this opportunity to be here at Jane College. And we pray that this opportunity, God, would give them, Lord, just an expectation, God, that you're going to move them forward in their ministry, God, that their families will be different their work will be different, and their ministry will be different today. God, thank you so much for this amazing time here in your presence. And God, we pray that you would raise up expectation in our heart, Lord. And we thank you for it in advance. Let's celebrate today. Let's go. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Now apply what you have learned and go out and bless someone's face off.